On today's episode, we welcome Angela Narciso Torres, author of To the Bone. Welcome to episode 45 of The Chatbook. I'm your co-host, Noah Stutzer. And I'm Ross White. Noah and I are the directors and editors at Bowl City Press, which publishes chapbooks and occasionally full-length books of poetry, fiction, and nonfiction. We started this podcast to celebrate our love of chapbooks, to go behind the scenes of the publishing process, and to highlight the folks who write chapbooks and the folks who make chapbooks. Ross, what did you have for breakfast today? I don't even remember what I had for breakfast today. I know. I don't remember what I had for breakfast today either. That is what it's like. Once a school year has begun, uh, I could guess it's probably Diet Wild Cherry Pepsi, the breakfast of champions. <laughs> right. I, 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 I know myself well enough to say that it was at least four cups of coffee. <laughs> I don't know what else went with it. And then the mid-morning ginger ale. That's exactly right. Let's just jump into it. No, I'm super excited about our guest today. And maybe if you would read her bio, we can just like get her in here ASAP. Let's get this thing started. Listeners, today we will be speaking with Angela Narcisos Torres, the author of three poetry collections, What Happens is Neither, Blood Orange, and To the Bone, which is the chapbook we're going to be focusing on today. Recent work from Torres appears or is forthcoming in poetry, Prairie Schooner, and Poetry Northwest. A graduate of the Warren Wilson MFA Program for Writers and Harvard Graduate School of Education, Angela has received fellowships from Breadloaf Writers Conference, Illinois Arts Council, and Ragdale Foundation. She received the Yates Poetry Prize from the W.B. Yates Society of New York and was named one of Chicago's Lit 50, Who Really Books in Chicago, by New City Magazine. Born in Brooklyn and raised in Manila, she lives in San Diego and edits Rhino Reviews. We are so happy to welcome Angela to the chapbook. Hi, Angela. Hi, Noah. Hi, Ross. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. So to glad be here. to have you here. So glad. So, Angela, the first thing I want to know is at the moment you discover that you're one of Chicago's lit 50, do you feel utter joy or do you resolve to eliminate the other 49? in a Highlander type situation. <laughs> well, what, this happened in 2016, I believe. And at that point, the only thing I was hoping was that I would meet Chance the Rapper at the rooftop party that they threw after they announced the Lit 50, because he, he was one of the Lit 50. So yeah, that was my first thought. And did you meet Chance the Rapper? Unfortunately, he did not show up, but we did get a mm. lot of free drinks. <laughs> I've heard he's afraid of heights. So a rooftop party, that might be it. That must have been the reason. I actually right. have not heard that. I made that up entirely. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about To the Bone. It's from Sundress Publications. It's from their 2019 chapbook contest. It is a lovely little book. It's a small format book. Tell us a little bit about the genesis of To the Bone. Well, one thing people don't know about this chapbook is that it was completely virtual when Sundress launched it. And I asked the press if they would be okay with me actually making a physical copy of it, which they graciously agreed to. They said, it's yours. You own the copyright, so you can do whatever you want with it. I strongly felt that it was important for there to be a physical rendition of the book because the book is about my mother's gradual descent into Alzheimer's. And I really strongly felt that the book 
was my way of pre preserving her memory for her, her stories, the, the recipes she loved, the food she cooked, the stories she told. So it was so important for me to have this, this, this physical thing I could hold and carry around in the world, a tangible thing. And so I did. I went to, I was living in South Florida at the time. I went to a small press and I asked them if they would do this for me. And they did. And Sundress was happy to send all the specifications. So yeah, I, I'm very fortunate that this book does exist in its two forms. I didn't know that story. <laughs> and what a fantastic bit of advocacy on the part of an author to go to the press and say, hey, could we do this thing? I think a lot of times authors don't feel empowered to ask their press, you know, if it's an e-chap to say, hey, I'd really like to have a physical form. Can we find a way to collaborate? Well, a poetry teacher once told me, you can have almost anything in this world if only you ask politely. So I asked them politely and they said yes. And even more than that, they supported me every step of the way. So yeah, ask politely. Love that. So To the Bone ends up dealing in some of the same areas as What Happens is Neither, your full-length book that came out from four-way books. Can you talk a little bit about how the chap took on a life of its own and what its relationship was to the full length as you were working on it? So a year after my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, I started writing these poems that centered around that idea of preserving her memory, preserving those stories. And for a while, it was really all I could write. When I started thinking of a chapbook, and I, I pulled together all the poems that might possibly fit into a chapbook, I noticed this theme of loss, of, of memory, of trying to preserve things that are slipping from our hands, like my mother's loss of language. Her, she loved music, and then at some point she was unable to play the, play the piano, which she loved. And I thought, hey, that's, that's a chapbook waiting to happen. I have a friend, a Japanese poet who's also an editor at Rhino, Naoko Fujimoto, and I call her the chapbook queen. She has about three chapbooks, and I, I asked her about it, and she said, absolutely, so I'll help you. I'll, I'll work with you on it. It's my first chapbook. What I did was I am a very visual person, so I printed all the poems. I, I tacked them all to the, the uh, blank wall in, in, in our house in South Florida, and I looked at the best order and what fit, what didn't fit, and long story short, that that became the, the chap the chapbook. It's very much the backbone of what happens is neither. But the way I like to think about it is the poems into the bone are like the concentrate. And what happens is neither is like the what makes it into orange juice. Or do you know those Japanese towelettes that you um they're shaped like little dinosaurs or or or, or, or little animals or fruit? You put them in water and they bloom, they become yeah. they become a towel, right? To soak, uh, to to wash your hands with. That's how I think about these poems. Placed in the larger context of what happens is neither, they actually start to converse with the with a larger dialogue that's happening. Different kinds of loss, not just memory, not just my mother, but also loss of a beloved childhood home, a pet, loss of your children as they grow up and move on to college loss of, a fav of favorite items that you used to hold on to and, and identify with. So yeah, it's part of the larger conversation. I, I want to jump in and, and ask you something based on what you just said about this 
the sense of loss and identity, because another number of poems in the chapbook are these self-portrait poems, mm-hmm. which we were talking about briefly just before we started recording. And the whole collection is is really beautiful, but the self-portrait poems are ones that really spoke to me. I wondered if you'd talk a little bit to our listeners about how those made it into this chapbook and how they're working in the story of your mother and the the things that you're keeping and, and the, the memories that you're keeping in the book of your mother also seem to be holding some of these attempts at figuring out who you are or the poet figuring out who they are in the poem. Absolutely. There's certainly a thread through the book of these self-portraits, as you mentioned. And I, I think what I was trying to do there was to mirror this idea of, of reinvention of the self as, as we as a family went through this tremendous loss. And the loss of a mother, particularly for a woman, I feel, is, is somehow also the loss of self because, you know, we mirror our mothers in so many ways. So I felt that writing these self-portraits was a way of, of expressing the kind of the various iterations of the self that we move through when we, when, when we move through loss and grief and, you know, how we climb our way back into light, into the new versions of ourselves when loss changes us so much and to still feel empowered to deal with, with life and its and, and, and loss, which is the very precondition of, of being human. I wonder if it would be okay to hear you read something from the collection. Sure. I'd be happy to read one of those self-portraits since you were just talking about them. That would be terrific. Thank you. Self-portrait as rosary beads. Curled amid lint and loose change, tucked in a jacket's satin lining, or crushed with used gum in seams of blue denim. I've known pain clinics and airports, taxi cabs and stale school rooms where time is a honeycomb in winter. I am olive wood, carnelian, plastic, black onyx, and rosebuds pressed into fragrant spheres. Your heat is my musk, your worry, my fire. Pick your mystery. If Tuesday, sorrowful. If Saturday, glorious. I've held you in grocery lines, picket lines, the hours between sleepless and woken. Hold me. I am glass, shattered, smoothed by my mother's nerves, pillowed beneath her cheek. Counted, accountable, counting, counted on, crystallized, dangled on a string or hung from a mirror in a river of traffic, praying for green, for an end, for a mutiny of rain. Litany of sorrows, of praise, I'm a crown of roses, a crown of purple thorns. I am faithful as breadcrumbs on barbed wire. Lose me to birds, or tonight's starred thicket. Touch and be splintered, sundered, soothed, surrendered. My scent on your fingertips. Angela, that is so lovely. And I want to say congratulations on that beautiful poem, but I actually also want to congratulate Noah because he made it through the reading of the poem without erupting with audible joy. I thought he was going to interrupt you. <laughs> I was watching his response on the video and he's, 
listeners, he's undersold his appreciation for these self-portrait poems Come on because now. before we started recording, <laughs> he tried to trap Angela in a five-minute diatribe about how much he loves those poems. Counted, accountable, counting, counted on. I mean, this is like plant a flag great. Like, this is just really. And then to come back to it, sundered, soothed, surrendered, sent. It's just beautiful. It really oh, is just marvelous. Thank you. Sorry. I'm so glad, <laughs> glad this is not a video because I'm blushing now. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. At this point, we're going to switch over to what's a little something we call the quick round. Uh, we have five quick questions to give our listeners a little more insight into you. No, no major, you know, essay questions here. Pretty easy. I'm going to start with question number one. It's a pretty easy one. Are you cat person, dog person, neither or both? Most definitely a dog person Yes. since early in my life. No but recently we have adopted my son's well, we're fostering, really, this cat, because <laughs> he moved in during the pandemic with this cat. I gotcha. And so now I'm, I'm completely in love with Pow. That's his name. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Good for you. Question number two, Angela, give a piece of terrible writing advice. Hmm, write what you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst. I mean, uh. we've, I've heard that so much growing up and, and also from teachers, but really, who wants to write what they know? It's boring. Write what you don't know. Write towards what you don't know. Oh, and gosh, discover, yes. discover new things about what you thought you know, knew or didn't know. Yeah, I award you 25 points. Man, that was <laughs> like you. in a holster. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> question number three. Is there a chat book you love? What chat book do you love that you'd love to let our listeners know about? So most recently, I was honored to help my friend Naoko Fujimoto, who I mentioned earlier, to edit a chapbook called We Face the Tremendous Meat on the Tepan. You know, the Tepan Grill, right? Yeah. It's a lovely interweaving of family history with Japanese cultural history, with architecture, with World, World War II. And it's a long poem that's bound together as a chapbook. It's, it will be published very soon. I can't mention the press yet because it hasn't been announced. Understood. But yes, I'm really excited for it. That's great. Question number four, who is a writer that people might not guess is an influence on you, but is totally an influence on you? I would have to say Terrence Hayes. His work is very different than mine, but his early work really drew me because of his experimentation with form. He was doing that so much already with Hip Logic and, and continued to do it in his, his later books. I just love that he's always reinventing himself and experimenting with different ways of like using the sonnet or using even um, anagrams. And so, yeah, Terrence Hayes is someone who keeps forcing me to push myself out of the box and try new things. Question number five, where can listeners find you online if they want to learn more? I am on AngelaNarcisoTorres.com. That's my website. And I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So follow me there. We've been talking today with Angela Narciso Torres about her chapbook, To the Bone, from Sundress Publications. Check the show notes for today's episode for links to items that came up during our conversation. We'll have links, for example, to all of Naoko Fujimoto's work. Stay up to date with us by following us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Bull City Press on both or visit BullCityPress.com. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ross White. 
And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at DC Noah. If you have a moment, let us know what you think. Rate us five stars or send in some ideas, your questions and suggestions to our email. It's chatbook at bullcitypress.com. This episode of The Chatbook was produced and edited by Molly Hart. Thank you so much to Angela Narcisa Torres for being here today. Thank you both for having me. So glad to have you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.